in, guys, because it's time for another episode, nay, another season of Outwatch, a Survivor Rewatch podcast, where we recap, react, and rewatch seasons of Survivor from days gone by. My name is Alex, your host and guide through our Outwatch experience, and I'm joined, as always, by three of my friends as we embark on a quest to maybe someday, folks, watch all 40 potentially plus seasons of your favorite show and mine, Survivor. Uh, today is the first episode of season five of Outwatch. Can you believe it? This is the fifth season of Survivor that we've all watched together. Season 15 of Survivor, Survivor China. Uh, this is a departure for us in some ways and that we've never watched a season from this era necessarily before. And also, this isn't really considered a absolute top tier season of Survivor, but I think that it's really interesting and entertaining in its own right. Um, and one of those seasons which is considered a top tier season in the Amazon, we didn't really like. <laughs> so maybe this one will fare better than that one. Um, I'm excited to get into this season. You're joining us at the perfect time if you're an Outwatch newbie, as today we rewatch, recap, and react to the first episode of Survivor China titled A Chicken's a Little Bit Smarter. Who knows what that could possibly be referring to? Is that really what the title of this episode was? Uh -huh. I don't believe this is a um, a season in which the episodes are quotes because I don't I didn't hear that said at any point. And that would be a mean thing to say about your friend and mine, Chicken Morris. Uh, so before we get into the uh, details of this episode, it's time for you to once again be introduced to my co-hosts, these Survivor veterans now. You know, when we started this podcast, I was joined by these three friends who had never really watched Survivor meaningfully before. And now they can say that they are Survivor podcasters. What? A transformation a la David Wright you all have undergone. I mean, it's on my resume, so <laughs> it should be. Um, so uh, let, let me introduce you to the, the prompt that we always like um, to start the episode with, and then I'll introduce you one by one to each of our co-hosts. One of the things of this season in this episode that was bizarre <laughs> to me was the way that in the little intro sequence, Jeff gave us a small introduction to every single person on the cast, right? We got like a five word personality and, you know, biography synopsis by Jeff for each person. Do you guys remember this at the very beginning? I do. Yes. We yeah. had, you know, some of them more noteworthy. We're like the elementary school teacher. The chicken farmer from Virginia, the gay Mormon flight attendant, et cetera, et cetera. And so I'm going to ask each of you if Jeff were to introduce you uh, to a cable primetime viewing audience in five words or less, how would he do so? And it seems like the best place to start is with our reigning fantasy survivor champion, Adam. Welcome to Outwatch. It's so good to be back. Glad I'm first. <laughs> Five words are left. You're, you know, B-roll of you uh, sitting in a tuk-tuk or whatever, 
driving through rice paddies and Jeff and then and then it's you looking stoically into the distance. What does Jeff say about you? Oh, man, you have to do it in Jeff's voice. Yeah, please. I don't even know what I would say about me, though. Uh, I guess it would be something with coffee roasting. So, um, uh, hipster coffee roaster, (laughs) something like that. (laughs) There you go. A Midwest (laughs) hipster coffee roaster. Yeah, (laughs) there you go. Um, Well done, Emily. Welcome to Outwatch. Thank you for having me. Emily, you finished second place in fantasy last season, so you get to go second this time. How would Jeff introduce you to our audience? Uh, I'm thinking. An old lady trapped in a young person's body. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a I little bit too subjective, right. I think. <laughs> I'm gonna say the millennial and a grandma with a grandma spirit. <laughs> I couldn't quite. And then you jumped in there, but you know, my my. I didn't think that's where you were going. So. It absolutely was. I'm sorry, I sold the joke. <laughs> it's okay. You cannot make my profession too exciting. See, I think it could so. be a a niche though. You could he could be like the nonprofit philanthropist or whatever, right? Like <laughs> pitch you as like the altruistic, like good person. Well, if you say philanthropist, people will be like, she doesn't need the money. Yeah, I was gonna say that doesn't that, doesn't that make her sound wealthy? Yeah. Oh, I guess you're right. Philanthropists give money, don't they don't uh yeah, organize Emily's the not giving a philanthropist, of money. Yeah. So not in any sense of the word. <laughs> What's the word I'm looking for? Man, I have no love. Emily, <laughs> no love to give. Emily gave me. Emily gave me the the look of like I have a master's degree in this, and y'all are taking it to the most basic level. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know such. And such is the way that <laughs> these people are introduced. <laughs> the most yeah, baseline that's, that's thing about what you them. Do. Yeah. Back. That we'd be on Survivor back to basics. There you go. <laughs> That's what we would do. Uh, Scott, <laughs> welcome to Outwatch. Hello. <laughs> Same thing, Scott. How would Jeff introduce you? All right. So I've had a little bit of time to one contemplate this and also like consider my surroundings. Yeah. Um, so I think I would be like an awkward physical therapist with a sparkling water addiction. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That's great. Or something to that. Effect. And then, yeah, that storyline would be brought in because like day nine, it's like, want to see what you're playing for? It's sponsored by Soda Stream, a sparkling water bar. It's a cherry bubbly. <laughs> I thought you were going to say stretching nuts. I don't know why I went with the wrong, <laughs> like the wrong topic. Wow. Yeah, and then you yeah, would be giving the confessionals like, I love bubbly. <laughs> it is my favorite brand. <laughs> I will strip for a bubbly. <laughs> no. Scott, if they brought out a sparkling water based reward, you'd be like, Damn! <laughs> <laughs> but really, though, <laughs> <laughs> guys, I, I we haven't even started the broadcast proper yet, but Chicken Morris's exit is a maybe the uh, I struggle to say the best. A top three first boot exit of all time. 
I could play that gif on repeat where it's him, you know, Jeff reads his name. He's all and every person around him, like, jumps four feet in the air. (laughs) I was so surprised. Damn, it's pretty good. It's amazing stuff. All right. uh, Like we said, we're in episode one of Survivor China, and let's kick things off by strolling down the path to tree mail and giving us the major beats of this episode. You guys ready to go for a stroll? Let's do it. Damn! <laughs> <laughs> uh, Can we just play that at random times during the episode? The, the, the way you like have that cut out, it sounds like it sounds like it's at like a concert or something. Like it sounds like there's, <laughs> yeah, like there's just a metal guitar like behind him. <laughs> Like, <laughs> you know, like the symbols are just like crashing at the end. Yeah. yeah. It's like every time we go to like transition to a new topic, we go, let's go. Damn. <laughs> Chicken damn Morris, everyone. Uh, a little bit of background about the season before we start. Like we said, this is the 15th season of Survivor. This aired in the fall of 2007, uh, concurrently with Kid Nation, of course. Mm-hmm. And this is actually, if Survivor Wiki is to believe to be believed, the first U.S. show that was shot entirely in China, um, which makes this pretty remarkable in that right, if nothing else. Isn't that a lie, though? Because the live uh, vote read at the end is in America, right? Oh, you stickler. <laughs> <laughs> no, they actually broke the mold and did it right there in China this time. <laughs> I, everything but the live portions <laughs> was in China. <laughs> and in the great Dalton Ross's season rankings, which we've been referring to a number of times, this one is ranked 15th um, in line with its air number. Um, and we'll see if we agree with that by the time that this is all up. Um, so this episode, we start by traveling through Shanghai, the city of Shanghai, to a Buddhist temple, which is a very unique and interesting uh, opener. They're like walking through the city with their luggage. Kind of cool. Um, and there they're invited to take part in a Buddhist ceremony before Jeff uh, tells them that they will be starting the game with just the clothes on their back, a la Pearl Islands, like we've experienced before. At the Fei Long tribe, the Red tribe, Uh, Aaron wants to be a leader, but in a subtle way, because he knows the target that is associated with leadership. And shortly afterwards, Todd and Jean Robert have an awkward conversation. And Courtney doesn't think that she'll really fit in with this group. At the Jean Hu tribe, the yellow tribe, uh, Chicken feels shut down after giving his take on the shelter and then starts immaturely refusing to input his thoughts on things around camp. Uh, Leslie and James seem to connect over James's social unease or unwillingness. Um, And then going into the night, both tribes have no shelter and get dumped on by the rains overnight. And it's a tough experience for everyone. Ashley on the Jean Hu tribe starts feeling sick on day two. And then at the Fei Long tribe, Todd appoints Aaron as the leader. Aaron wanted to be the leader, but in a subtle way. Um, And this is not so subtle. 
At the immunity challenge, they had to carry a big dragon through a series of obstacles and then plop the pegs in the correct holes. And Fei Long won this one. Um, back at the Zhanghu tribe, PG takes losing as motivation to get the camp in place. And some of the other members of the tribe don't necessarily like her. Um, in or what's the word I'm looking for? Taking this opportunity to take control necessarily. At Tribal, Dave and PG step up as leaders for the group. And after the votes are read, Chicken is voted out by a final vote of four to two. Sorry, five to two to one. Uh, five landed on Chicken, two on Ashley, and one on PG. And so ends the beginning of our journey into Survivor China. Uh, this is a fun episode, I believe. Um, this is a great introduction to the season. I think it's a really compelling opener. Um, Got to start us off in the conversation by asking each of you what the most notable or reactable thing from this episode was. Um, Adam, would you care to go first? Uh, sure. Mine happened really early on in the intros that you're talking about. You actually mentioned it, that Todd is a gay Mormon flight attendant. Yes. I don't think that's a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unless we're treating Mormon like an ethnicity, I don't think that... I don't think you can be gay Mormon. <laughs> you know, a great question. I do have a religious studies degree on my wall that I'm looking at right now. Um, but can neither confirm nor deny that. I feel like, you know, no slight to our, our Mormon friends out there, but they are known for changing their positions with regularity. So we're down seven, though. I... <laughs> True. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, my real re really, though, I thought. Uh, I, I really like that challenge, actually, uh -huh. the uh, the obstacle course challenge with the. Uh, 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 the 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 dragon and the tiger um puppet pieces mm -hmm. uh it was really cool um everyone had to work together and it really kind of it evened it out i mean you basically could only be as fast as your slowest person um so i i liked it, it there wasn't like so much like collaboration needed that uh it was hard to work together especially for new people it's just like carrying a very heavy thing and then you know uh, being in line with the rest of the people in front and behind you. So I, I really enjoyed that challenge. Yeah, I thought it was good, too. I actually pulled up a clip here from Jeff's explanation of this challenge that um, he describes these puppets in a way that I really empathized with. That is both awkward and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> Much like these puppets. I, too, am both awkward and heavy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought this was a really cool challenge, too. It does a, a great job of bringing in and like playing into the theme of China. Um, and yeah, it, it does require and it shows off like both tribes head people in a way that can really make someone a hero or a zero, um, even though both of them did pretty well. Emily, did you have a favorite or most notable moment of this episode? 
Hmm. Um, I don't know if there was a specific moment that stuck out. I think more like a general comment um, that I made to Adam when we were watching. But, mm-hmm. you know, you talked about how Jeff talked about in the beginning, he gave kind of a brief intro to each player. And I felt like maybe it was just because we got to hear about everybody from the get-go. But I felt like there were a lot of people in this season that have specific skills that I would think would be very beneficial to them in the game. Yeah. You have, um, what's his name? It's like Blizzard or something. Frosty. Frosty. <laughs> Blizzard. <laughs> One of those ice cream that was a, It was a good, that was a good guess. McFlurry. McFlurry. Who does parkour? And yeah. then in this challenge, they had to scale walls. And so I was like, okay, this could be interesting. Um, and then they have the pro wrestler. They have, I don't even remember all of them, but just a lot of people. There was like a hiking guide. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I wonder if she could get fire going for her truck. You know, so I don't know. That was really interesting. Maybe it was because Jeff intro them. Maybe it was because of the specific characters. But I'll be interested to see if their skills help them in the ways that I would think they would. Yeah. I- I feel like the, part of that, though, is because the theme is the location. Whereas in like the later seasons that we watched, the theme is like something about them. So like brains, brawn, beauty. And so everyone gets so like pigeonholed into like you are this thing. And so that's all we really talk about. But then when you free the players from that, carrying the burden of the theme, we get a little bit more information about them. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think it is like a this is a pretty good cast. I'm like looking over it now and even, you know, not by no means not all of these people are survivor legends, but they all for the most part are like pretty interesting. And yeah, that was a good point, Emily. You've got uh, the parkour artist, the hiking guide, the poker player, which you could say uh, yeah, has like a social strategic edge. You've got the Christian radio host. Um, God only knows the benefits that that will bring her. Well, Jesus is on her side. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Scott, <laughs> did you have a, a part from this episode that was really worth bringing up here at the start? Um, I was kind of just like, I don't know about like any specific one thing, but I was like, this is like the first season that we've watched that hasn't been on like a tropical island, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, yes. So I was kind of just like, just the difference in like the environment they're in, like they're kind of like in a mountain and it's really rainy and gross. Mm-hmm. And like, how are we going to handle that? And I don't know. I just looked disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it didn't look like a fun time. Anybody was having the first few days. Yeah. It is like really unique for that reason. Um, and I think that's going to be one of our major things we talk about as the season goes on and it's on a lake instead of an ocean, which I think is maybe the first time. Yeah, Lake of a Thousand Islands. That's right. Uh, Great. I I wanted to also ask, um, as you know, from this first episode and especially from the beginning of the episode where we, like we've said, got these little synopsized profiles. And then got to see the first steps of these players games. Were there any players for y'all that really stuck out one way or another that were um, yeah, either impressed you or were interesting to you. Anybody got any um, early season favorites, either for 
their potential or just because you liked them? I know for myself personally, I found myself rooting hard for James, the gravedigger. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was going to say. Just because he was just seemed like the nicest human being ever. Dude has like, like one of the what? has one of the like charming smiles. You know, yeah, he's like smiles. Yeah, he's kind of like, like this. I'll show usually work alone. Yeah, I'm worried about working with these people. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's really easy to root for him, I think. Yeah, James uh, brings this interesting dichotomy of like potentially the largest human that you've ever seen. But also <laughs> like, like jacked. He's humongous. <laughs> to be clear, our listeners jacked. Yeah, like this man is a grave digger, so he just does nothing but dig holes all day, I feel like. Yeah. Like this guy could have played Killmonger in Black Panther. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Dude, he would be a great Killmonger. Yeah, dude is is blasted, but then he's also just like kind of shy and quiet and like unimposing, you know? I feel I, I I'm curious like what like, like if his size in affected that like he's experienced a lot of people like this dude is big and kind of intimidating and so he's sort of like coming from this perspective of like okay i'm gonna like try to fade away <laughs> yeah yeah certainly possible he owns a burial service he also works security on the side that is only logical yep i could see that um anybody else adam did you have anyone that was um that stuck out to you um i think todd is a really interesting character mm -hmm. um he kind of has those like oh i i he, he kind of has like those johnny fairplay i guess more like adam from the last season vibes like i i was going to compare him to johnny fairplay without the like dickishness but um, <laughs> But like, yeah, he's kind of got those those like Adam vibes. Like he seems pretty smart. He has a good idea for the game, good feel for it. Um, I'm trying to think of someone on um, the other tribe, John Hugh. Uh, besides Frosty. Uh, PG is really interesting. Mm -hmm. I feel like she's going to get screwed early on because of her. Uh, you know. Her, her telling people what needs to be done um, and not even in a way that's like she's just being bossy. She's literally just telling people what needs to be done. Yeah. Her is yeah. Um, which is just unfortunate. Um, yeah. Yeah. They like needed a kick in the pants and she yeah. was giving they it. They didn't want it. Uh, instead, they're out here like. Also, Johnny Fairplay, when he hears the way you talk about him. <laughs> I think he knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he leans into it pretty hard. <laughs> Emily, anyone for you that was really noteworthy here in this first episode? Um, I was thinking James as well. I'm also so curious about Courtney. Yes. She's the waitress from New York. And from the get go, she had an attitude. Dude. She was so like. It was so interesting to me because I was like, you know what you signed up for. Court and she was like. Go ahead. Courtney rolling her eyes at the Buddhist monk. Yeah. Is yeah. amazing. Yeah. Inject like, that straight into wow, my wow. veins. It's incredible. 
Yeah, she was not messing around. And then when she got to camp, she she said she felt like she was surrounded by like, I don't remember, kindergarten teachers and just like really positive people. And she was like, this is not how people act in New York. Uh-huh. And she was like really annoyed with them. I was like, I get that. But also like, you got to get along with people. Even if you don't like them, that's part of the game. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I'm so curious, like what, I, I guess like I think about people who live in New York now and like, yeah, there are like tough New Yorkers. Like that is still very much the, the whatever mindset that we have about New Yorkers, but like it's, it's like a cultural hub. And so like, I'm just like, I'm so confused how this person like lives in this place. It's like this pretty massive cultural hub and it's like Buddhism dumb. (laughs) (laughs) I don't get it. (laughs) Well, if this helps you, Adam, she was born and raised in Boston. Oh my gosh, that makes sense. <laughs> Nothing. Okay, here's the deal. Lived in Boston, love Boston, like huge fan of that. How city. do we end up ragging on Boston every season? <laughs> because they're mean. <laughs> and this always comes up. <laughs> New Yorkers are tough. I say this over and over again. New Yorkers are tough. You get in their way, they're gonna be mean about it. Okay. Boston, they're just mean people. <laughs> It's Boston, baby. (laughs) And it's kind of great. You just have to be able to lean into it. Love Boston. Really do. (laughs) Yeah. But also, your people are horrible. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I was flipped off by a school bus there. (laughs) (laughs) There, it all comes together now. The driver, not the kids. I expect it from kids. (laughs) (laughs) yeah if folks if you're if you're listening to this and you're doing this as a a reminisce upon survivor days past rather than going on this rewatch journey with us or a first watch journey with us such that you're only listening to this podcast and not rewatching the episodes too at the very least look up a gif of courtney yates interaction with the monks because it's incredible stuff um no it's amazing (laughs) any negative um feelings towards any of these people we had i guess courtney was maybe a mixed response um but anyone else that we're not feeling so great about or at least about the positions that they got themselves in in this first episode I feel like Courtney is the person that we will like love to hate on, but not in a way that we're like, she's an evil person. Like we yeah. talk about Johnny Fairplay. Yeah. Just that, like, like probably <laughs> a layered yeah. person. Um, perhaps. I, uh, I can't think of her name. Is it Leslie? Who's the Christian radio talk show? Yep. Yes. Okay. She looks very different in this picture that you have of her than what I remember her looking like. Cast photos, man. Uh, yeah. Her hair is bigger there. I, I, I am very curious how this person plays out in the tribe, I guess. She, cause she, so she walked out of the Buddhist ceremony because she felt like it was worship, even though she was told it wasn't. Um, but at the same time, like she went up to James and was like, hey, like, you don't really seem to be getting involved. And like, what do you do? Like, you seem like an interesting guy. So like, she seems like a good person. But at the same time, I don't trust her. Mm -hmm. Um, 
for whatever reason. Uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I don't think there was anyone else who was like, I'm definitely worried about PG. I said that earlier. Yeah. I don't think that she was wrong, but <laughs> anyone else that we're feeling iffy about, maybe uh, worried about their stake or their place in the game at this point. Um, I've kind of, I don't know. This might just be like, we're kind of the victim of just watching one episode, but by the end, I kind of wasn't like super feeling how Dave was playing the game. Mm-hmm. And he's on the yellow Dave. tribe. Um, just cause I felt like he was talking too much. Um, and kind of putting more of a target on his back than he really needed to. Mm-hmm. But of course, again, he might do fine again, just, just with this episode, that's kind of how I kind of what I picked up on, I guess. Yeah. Dave, the former model turned bartender. <laughs> a good combo. The natural progression of things. I, I love that that's his profession. It's former, <laughs> former model. model. Yeah. <laughs> OK, um, I've got a couple other instances here that I want to talk about, and then I think we'll move on. Um, to our uh, takes on tribal council and, and also do our new and improved end episode segment. Folks, a little preview here. Not only are we giving an MVP point, um, we've reworked this segment such that now each player, as inspired by last season, is going to give one point to a goat, which is this is a good goat. This is a greatest of all time goat. And going to give one point for a participation trophy for someone who, you know, just kind of showed up this episode. Maybe didn't do well. In fact, maybe they were the worst player of the episode. And we'll uh, keep an aggregate score for each player and see who comes out the highest when you take their pluses as goat points and their minuses as participation trophies. So stay tuned for that hot content. Uh, One of the more interesting, like, gameplay things from this episode, there's not a lot of it at this state in the game, was this conversation between Todd and Jean Robert, um, in which you get two guys that are clearly both, like, here to play, both um, strategically minded. Jean Robert kind of comes up to Todd and he's like, I think you're smart. And Todd's like, I don't know, why do you think I'm smart? And Jean Robert's like, I can just tell. And so Todd's like, well, don't tell other people I'm smart. He's like, I don't know. It's just really <laughs> awkward and weird. <laughs> yeah. um, but it was a case of both people kind of like feeling each other out, both playing. Um, and I was curious about what you all thought about this scene and kind of what you may have gleaned about either of these players as a result. I think it, it like to me, having watched, I guess, a couple World Series of Poker, like Jean Robert just came out talking like a poker player. Like it sounded like he was sitting at a table with some guys and like trying to figure out, like, is this guy bluffing? I think this guy's bluffing. Huh. Um, that's the way it came across. And I, I think like in this stage of Survivor, it might be fine. Um, I think like late season survivor that might be a pretty uh, good way to get yourself voted out pretty quick. Um, 
being that direct. But I I think John Robert is a really interesting player to watch. Yeah. It, it, he could be someone who falls on his face or, you know, winds up doing really well. There's been a handful in the history of Survivor of people who are cast as poker players. In fact, in Kageyan, um, Garrett Adelstein <sighs> of the I'm not having fun right now fame <laughs> uh, was a professional poker player. Didn't super work out for him very well. Um, this isn't fun for me right now. I, I have to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> He also tried to hold his tribe hostage so they couldn't strategize. Indeed, he did. <laughs> yes, not the best at Survivor. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone else with, with thoughts on this scene? Scott, were you um, left with a, a reaction to this Jean Robert and Todd confrontation? Um, I was just kind of thought it was just an awkward exchange overall yeah more on like john robert's part like todd was just an innocent bystander and all of a sudden this guy's like i don't know there's something iffy about you yeah i don't know what it is like how do you like how do you even respond to that like i'll tell you how you respond <laughs> get in his face and yell at him yeah. damn! Um, damn! <laughs> that's iffy as hell um <laughs> you know who is iffy chicken morris <laughs> uh, i keep laughing at it <laughs> guys we haven't even talked about chicken morris yet the first boot of survivor china yeah yeah i feel like he's irrelevant because he already got booted <laughs> <laughs> i think that in the history of survivor you've got guys like chicken who make an appearance every now and then and they are people who are cast and I think the producers know full well, no way in hell this person's getting past his tribe's first tribal council. But he's going to give us some stuff for that as few episodes <laughs> as he's in. And this mm -hmm. man named Chicken <laughs> did indeed do that. <laughs> I, I like Chicken. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that... I completely understand why people were annoyed with him. I don't think he had the most tact in trying to get people to do work, but he was also, I guess he was kind of a dick sometimes too. Cause he, he like someone would like place a beam and he'd be like, do you think that's going to hold really? Really? <laughs> like, Yeah. He kind of got like, this is like a toddler tactic. I feel like, right. Where it's like, he says something, people are like, no, I don't think I want to do it that way. And then he's like, okay, fine. Whatever. And so then people later be like, hey, chicken, what do you think about this? He's like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> you don't even care. <laughs> I wish we had at least one more episode of chicken. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel for chicken. I was like, when he stopped helping and even when he was asked his opinion, he like he wouldn't give it. I could see that as being stubborn, but I could also see it as like, I'm really just trying to not ruffle feathers. No chicken. Feathers <laughs> <in the air>. <laughs> <laughs> Russell <laughs> chicken so, feathers. Damn, yeah. Because chickens have feathers. Uh, but <laughs> I. The best thing about our podcast is that we beat the jokes to death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what did I say? I don't even know. We've lost it. Uh, 
I, Ruffles feathers. Oh yeah, I really yeah, I really <laughs> think he was just trying to stand back and you know, let people do what they were gonna do. I don't know if he was trying to be a, a jerk or anything, so felt kind of bad for him. Yeah, he was just either way, but yeah, he was just kind of like this very frustrating individual. I don't know. So I am from like rural Indiana and <laughs> he reminded me a lot of like some people that I grew up with. <laughs> um, so like I have seen like the shtick, like, yeah, like the frustrate, you're frustrated. So I don't know. I don't know. You know better than I do. I don't know. And, uh, <laughs> not to be like offensive to people, you know, anybody, but it's just, I don't know. I was very frustrated watching the whole thing. <laughs> There's also like in in fairness just to him in general, I guess. Like my this is something that I've noticed about my my grandmother too is she isn't always she's not very good at adjusting her tone anymore. I'm sure she was much better at this in her younger years. <laughs> but like we've been like in the store put her on blast like, adam put your mamma on yeah, blast like, no, i love her to death someone you're feeling, she can report back and she will know what i'm talking about though um <laughs> yeah, she will. but it, you know it, it's just like we like in a store and she'll like point out to someone who came over to help us that like the most vivid memory of this I have is she was get, she was buying me silverware when I was going off to college and like I grabbed the box I was like yeah this looks good but it was missing like a spoon or something and someone came over and was like do you guys need any help and my grandma looked at the person and was like this is missing a spoon and like said it in like this way that if I didn't know my grandma it was really mean and like kind of <laughs> offending but like I know that's not the way she meant it she's just like whatever. and I think like as you kind of get older, it's harder. You, you, you develop this sort of like, no, I'm not, I'm not being mean. It's just, you know, I just say things very direct. So like, I think I was chickens just kind of problem. He, you know, he was just, he was just saying things and then like, you know, just moving on from it. Like, Yeah. I do wish we got more chicken. I do too. Uh, it was just a quick flash fry on the chicken rather than a long, slow braise, if you will. Yeah, which is really unsafe because chicken needs to be cooked. Yeah, 165 <laughs> degrees Fahrenheit. I hate this. Is that true? <laughs> Got to get you a temperature probe to know. Adam? Yeah. Serve safe manager certified. Whatever. 165. It's actually it's actually more of a factor of time. Oh my gosh. Than like a, a specific temperature. Um, so. I will say home cooks, you know, invest in a little temperature thermometer, a little probe thermometer, like Scott said. It's really helpful. 165. That's right. I, I for one, slow. I let it forget it. I personally would like to keep checking. I just like keep checking the chicken. I'd be worried it was undercooked. I'd pull it out early, slice into it, put it back in the pan. You know, you all the juices run out and becomes um, kind of tough. It dries out. And then I, I finally bit the bullet, got a temperature probe or a thermometer if you will and if you will. i think that's what they're called <laughs> yeah colloquially a thermometer you know you know you know a tempo meter if you will <laughs> a tempometer <laughs> you know what it does really well it, it tells you the temperature of things it does a really good job of that <laughs> all right let's move on to tribal council um i've got to say 
if th- this <laughs> is also, I just, I'm sorry, I need to share this with Alex. Before we started recording, Alex was like, Yeah, so you know, I'll ask you some questions and hopefully don't wander too much. And look where we are now. This is supposed to be our most streamlined, and we have lost it. Amazing, <laughs> you're so right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what though, this stuff right here exactly what I love and crave. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. We're personable. Yeah. It's like you're just hanging out in the living room. The That's right. Okay, uh tribal council. This is, I've got to say, this is an S-tier tribal council set. If we were to do a tier list of all the tribal council sets, this one is sick. It's like the I don't know if this was an actual like are the are those pagodas? Is that what that sort of building is called? Yeah. If this was like a real pagoda that existed that they repurposed into a survivor set or if like production built a pagoda and put a set inside of it. But from the outside it looks dope, on the inside it looks like very thematic and cool. Um this is a really really cool tribal council set. And plays very well into one of the larger, like I've said, uh, topics of conversation, I think, this season is how well the location and the theme are utilized. Great, great set. Yep. And similarly, uh, I don't know if you noticed this in the first episode, but they take a lot of the like um, entrenched classic survivor themes and like have re-recorded them with traditional Chinese instruments for this season. It's super cool. Uh, pay attention to that in these next episodes. Any thoughts from the tribal council sequence? It was fairly cut and dry. I think perhaps the most noteworthy thing were the mantle of leadership being taken up by both Dave and PG. Um, any other remarks on tribal council? I mean, it was a pretty straightforward tribal council. Indeed it was. Yeah, there wasn't much drama. Yeah, I think they all just realized, wow, you know, I think Jeff was honestly there to just help them get their ish together. Yeah. Jeff, like, you guys don't even have a shelter yet. Like, who's going to take charge? Raise your hand. He was like, now go. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably the most awful thing for them. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead then and move on to our um, point allotment here where Both people will be giving a goat point and a participation trophy to one of the players in this game. Your goat point will go to the greatest of all time for this episode, and the participation trophy will go to the person who is maybe lacking the most in their performance. Um, And it'll, of course, give us a chance to talk a little bit more in depth if we haven't yet about each of those folks so uh adam would you care to go first with your goat uh my goat the good kind of goat i'm gonna go with james actually all right seemed like a workhorse around camp really helped uh fay long get their stuff together and also uh competed really well against the uh parkour dude frosty and the challenge yeah frosty so Stay frosty I, I think he just he he performed really well. I'm curious to see if his uh, social game really comes to fruition. But in this episode, I feel like you couldn't have really ask for a better uh, survivor. 
the Grave Digger from Louisiana. The Grave Digger. <laughs> no, he's not the professional wrestler. That's Ashley. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I feel like him and Ashley should go at it, and then we can have that, you know. Tag team throwdown, showdown in a cage. Yep. Also, hey, Grave Digger is a, is, a, is a monster truck. Oh, you're right. Yeah. Grave Digger is a monster truck. Monster truck truck versus pro wrestler. Who, who wins? Is it monster truck kind of just pro wrestling with trucks? Yeah. Oh, one actually. is a truck and one is a human. I think you're who thinking of demolition derbies. What? Isn't that monster the same thing? Monster trucks are like, it's like more acrobatic. Like they like flip the trucks and stuff. Like, yeah. Oh. Demolition derbies, derbies actually like hit each other. Demolition derby. <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> this is a dumb conversation. <laughs> Grave Digger is a monster truck. This I know. You're right. That is correct. <laughs> My yeah. mistake. Welcome to 2021, y'all. <laughs> uh, Emily, who gets who's your goat for this episode? Yeah, um, I'm looking at the people. I hate to copy Adam, but I don't know who did better than James. All right. Wow. A lot of early love for James. Yeah. Because of the challenge, he really led pretty strong in the challenge. And I don't think we saw anything else that was particularly like noteworthy in this episode because everyone's just kind of like getting their footing. Sure. Scott. Yeah, I'm like trying to be different, but. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> I tried to just succumb. one like I don't know that many people yet because it's been one episode. But also, I just really I do feel like James did a really good job throughout the episode. Like I don't have anything to like say negative about him right now. So James, uh, I'm gonna give mine to Courtney because um, that Buddhist monk is still recovering from the extreme eye roll that he received from her. <laughs> who did it better courtney or james harden <laughs> give me courtney every day yeah courtney probably plays better defense too this is fair <laughs> participation trophies adam who receives your participation trophy this time and it's um, you don't do we do we award participation trophies to the person voted out is that like too much of a cop out I. I don't think it's a cop out. I think a participant. So, so this is the way I'm thinking about it is like someone who I think like, like I don't, I, I don't want to give it to someone who's just kind of like purple edited in the episode. I don't right. know if you can refer to that as a single episode, but, um, but I think it's more about like someone who tried something and it just didn't work out. And I think someone getting voted out and trying not to get voted out. I think that's worthy of a participation trophy. Sure. So that's 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 my logic behind it, at least. So yeah. we're going to give it to somebody who tried but didn't do well. Yeah, sure. Just the person who in okay. your mind maybe like did the worst job. <laughs> OK, such that they only like, tried to do something. Yeah, not just like, <laughs> yeah. That they weren't just like, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. OK. Good explanation. Um. I and I am I am torn. You know what? As much of a, as much as I think she got a bad rap at Tribal, I'm gonna give it to PG. PG, damn. I I think she really did what uh, needed to be done. Try and kick her uh, 
tribe into gear, but clearly the response was not very good. And uh, I think she's probably going to pay for it later. So. Yeah. A fair assessment. Emily, what do you think? Uh, I think that's fair. I'm going to give mine to Jean Robert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jean Robert. <laughs> yeah, because he he really was kind of a lot, you know. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Jean Robert, a bet a méchant. A bet a méchant. He's some. He said he's mean. He's stupid and mean. <laughs> stupid and mean. I gotcha. The only reason I know that phrase, I feel like I've had this conversation with at least Emily before. Is in high school we had to watch this stupid like like uh, Degrassi but in French for learning French, and there's this scene where Amélie, the main character, Amélie, yeah, perfect. Looks at the you know the like teen boy love interest and goes, "Tu es bête méchant, Julien." <laughs> Oh, wow. <laughs> she was mad. Oh, damn. And it became like a meme in French class, you know? <laughs> anyway, good, good choice. Scott, what about you? <laughs> On that same topic, I took German in high school. Wouldn't you believe they made us watch a teen Degrassi like Deutsche film? No way. Yeah. It was from like the 80s and it was horrible. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same show, but just like muzzy, you know, like uh, dubbed over in various languages. <laughs> like the mouth and the words go back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yo, I took Spanish and we watched the La Chupacabra episode of the X-Files like four times. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not lying. I saw that four times in high school Spanish. Like, they don't even, they speak like no Spanish in that episode too. There's no reason for it. <laughs> oh, oh God. Uh, um, who gets your participation trophy, Scott? I was going to give mine to Jean Robert as well. Because he tried to have a social game. It was just a really bad one. So, yeah, for that, that's why. That was my instinct as well, but for the sake of spreading some points around, I'm going to give mine to Leslie, who did try to do something by choosing not to participate in the Buddhist ceremony. Um, and, you know, if that's your bag, go for it. But um, that, to me, felt like a participation trophy move. That's all I've got to say about that. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> What do you think um, if there was like a French survivor, if they tried to make, you know, like this noise? <laughs> how you would do that in a French accent? You know, I think that's purely American. <laughs> Emily's really thinking about this. I, I try to remember because cockadoodle do in French is like bananas. But I'm trying to remember what it is. I, want to say, like, <laughs> I thought for a second 
You meant <laughs> that the, what? Uh, like in French, a rooster said bananas. <laughs> I have to look this up. I'm so sorry. It's like Coco Rico or something. Yeah, I, yeah, it is. Coco Rico! That's not a French accent, I failed. Yeah, that was not a good French accent. It does sound very, like, Spanish. Coco Rico. That's really hard. That was so seductive. (laughs) Trying to seduce me by saying cagalutu. I'm going to stop talking. (laughs) There's some some sexual heat there. Basically, I was like, how could we make it? I can't. I'm not even going to (laughs) try. I'm also, I'm, you know, perusing through some of these past clips, and I should have used this earlier. We'll cut this in later. You know, somebody needs to tell Leslie that... I didn't know that Jesus had a vested interest in Survivor. (laughs) Oh my gosh! Oh, good stuff. All right, anything else before we we close this one down um, and finish up episode one of Survivor China? Uh, I think you should go ahead and, and close it down. Shut. Before we get too crazy. Shut it down. Shut it down. Shut it down. Thank you for tuning in to the first in our fifth season of Outwatch, where we're taking on Survivor China, Survivor's 15th season. Uh, you will want to stay subscribed here on our feed. If you're listening in Apple, iTunes, whatever that podcast hosting software is called nowadays, uh, a rate and a review. You hear it all the time from old podcast folks like me, but it is very helpful for the analytics and all that. So share this with a friend. If you enjoy this stuff, give us the the rate and the review. It's really helpful. Um, and also check out listener support in our show notes. Uh, just click on that link and that gives you the option to give a recurring gift to our podcast Um, I mentioned this in one of the mini series episodes that we dropped right before this. But recently, two seasons of Survivor came available on Netflix and Jen, my wife, watched Heroes vs. Villains and one of the two on Netflix with no ads. And folks, Survivor with no ads is a wild experience. And I would love to experience that. For every season we watch and you, dear listener, can make that happen by pledging a monthly gift to pay for the ads for CBS All Access. I hope that was stirring. Hmm. How much? How much? much, Alex. Yeah. How much is CBS All Access? (laughs) Ad free. I I have to look it up. It's been a while. (laughs) Go commercial free. I'm clicking the button right now. We need 15 cents. Ten dollars a month. So if every listener pledged ten dollars a month, we would have <laughs> Sorry. You're not wrong. <laughs> hit hit us with those those donations, please. Next time on Outwatch. Folks, we've got an early season draft special. Uh, There's 15 players left in the game, so that gets us an even three tribes of five. So the next episode you hear will be one of our favorite episodes each season, the Fantasy Survivor Draft. And we will see you then.